Pinna. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right. You can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Hi, my name is Adam Gitwitz. I'm an author. I'm also a storyteller. I like telling all kinds of stories, but I especially like telling grim fairy tales. You may think you know grim fairy tales, and you may think that they are sweet and boring. But listen, those tales you heard were the cute, happy, little kid bedtime versions of the grim tales. The original grim fairy tales aren't like that at all. They're weird and sometimes gross and often scary. In other words, they're grim. And I'm about to walk into a classroom and tell one of the original grim, grim tales to a bunch of kids. Do you want to join me? Do you want to hear a grim fairy tale? Let me help you decide. On a scale of grim, grimmer, and grimmest, the story I'm going to tell today is grimmer. It's not a creepy or scary story, But there are some intense battle scenes that get quite violent. Oh, and there's a pretty shocking twist at the end. If I get to a part of the story and you start to feel scared or uncomfortable, this is what you could do. You could turn down the volume and count to five, then turn the volume back up. If it still seems like a part you don't want to hear, just turn the volume down and count to five again. You know how much weird and gross and scary you're ready for. You know what you need. Okay, I'm at the classroom door now. There are kids inside, waiting to hear a grim fairy tale. So, are you coming in? Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest. So the story that I'm going to read today, this is the most epic grim fairy tale that they ever wrote. It is like a giant epic film in a grim fairy tale. So it's suspenseful, it's a bit bloody, mostly I describe it as epic. Oh yeah. It is the longest fairy tale the Brothers Grimm ever wrote down, and it is called Two Brothers. Once upon a time, there were two brothers. One was a wealthy goldsmith, 
The other was a poor broom maker. One day, the broom maker was out in the forest, breaking branches from oak trees to make his broomsticks, when a golden bird flew out of the tree and over the broom maker's head. A feather floated down to the broom maker, and he was shocked to find that the feather didn't just look golden, it was gold. The broom maker hurried to his brother, the goldsmith, to show him the golden feather. Brother, look at this extraordinary feather. Do you think it's real gold? His brother examined it. Then he said, Wow, I think it is. The goldsmith gave the broom maker a hefty price for the golden feather. Hefty means? A hefty price means... A big one? A big one. A lot of money. The next day, the broom maker was out in the same forest when he caught sight of the bird again. He followed the bird back to its nest. Then he climbed up the tree, shooed the golden bird away, and took from the bird's nest a golden egg. The broom maker hurried back to his brother the goldsmith and showed him the golden egg. His brother the goldsmith gave him a hefty price for the golden egg. But then the goldsmith took the broom maker by the shoulders and said, Look here, brother, this feather and this egg are perfectly nice, but if you could bring me the bird itself, that would be worth a pretty penny. Only a penny? Oh, a pretty penny. That's another saying. What is it? What do you think it means? A lot of money. Exactly right. A million dollars. More than a hefty price. More, yeah, exactly. Hefty, pretty hefty, penny, hefty, hefty, hefty price. Pretty penny, pretty penny is more than a hefty price, apparently. Hefty, 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 hefty. Yeah, a pretty penny is equal approximately hefty, 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 hefty price. <laughs> the broom maker said, Do you want me to try to catch this bird alive? Oh, uh, no, said the goldsmith. That is fine. You see, the goldsmith knew what kind of bird this was. And he knew that whoever ate the liver and the heart of this bird would find a piece of gold under his pillow every morning for the rest of his life. Just like the, the sparrow's heart. Yes, just like the sparrow's heart in um, Donkey Lettuce, right? Exactly right. Yeah, that was another story we told. A lot of these fairy tales have details that get repeated from fairy tale to fairy tale. It's called a motif. The coin under the pillow in the morning is one of those motifs. Well, the next day, the broom maker saw the golden bird flying overhead in the forest. So he picked up a rock and hurled it, and he brought the bird down. He carried the bird back to his brother, the goldsmith, who paid him a hefty, 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 hefty price. The goldsmith took the golden bird to his wife and said, Cook this golden bird for me, and be sure not to lose one bit of it. I mean to eat it all by myself, especially the liver and heart. He's eating gold? Right. The bird does seem to be made of gold, but I guess the insides aren't. Yeah, because it could fly. Because it could fly. With other golden wings. And golden feathers. And he was, a, and he was alive. So he plucked the bird? I imagine they'll pluck it first. The goldsmith's wife plucked the bird, put it on a spit, and left it over the fire. While it was roasting, she went off to do some errands. Just then, the broommaker's twin sons came running in. They were young boys, happy and well-meaning. They stopped beside the spit and turned it a few times. Two little pieces of bird dropped into the roasting pan. The boys looked at each other. They looked at the two little bits of roast bird sitting in the pan. They looked at each other again. Without a word, they each snatched one of the fallen pieces and popped them in their mouths and chewed and smiled guiltily at one another as juice ran down their little chins. Just then, the goldsmith's wife came back. She exclaimed, My nephews, what have you two been eating? Just two little bits that fell out of the bird, said one of the boys. And the other said, Was that bad? 
We're sorry, Auntie. Oh, that was the liver and the heart, moaned the goldsmith's wife. Knowing her husband would be furious, she quickly killed the chicken, roasted up the liver and heart, and stuck those inside the golden bird. Then she served it to the goldsmith, and he ate every single morsel. Which morsel? Tiny piece. Every little piece. Even bones? I guess he did. Ew. And are they made of gold? I don't understand. Probably. The next morning, the goldsmith... <laughs> yeah, serious indigestion. The next morning, the goldsmith reached under his pillow, certain he would find a piece of gold. But he did not. The twin boys, though, did. And they found one the day after that. And the day after that. After three days of finding gold pieces under his son's pillows, the broommaker went to his brother, the goldsmith, and told him what was happening, and asked if he could explain it. Well, the goldsmith knew what had happened. The boys had eaten the heart and liver meant for him. He grew enraged. I know what's happening, he said to the broommaker. Your two little boys ate the heart and liver of the golden bird. They are thieves. You must take them to the forest and kill them at once. What? He's mean. He's mean. Well, the broommaker was brokenhearted, but he always listened to his older, richer brother. And yet, he did not have the heart to kill his sons. So he took them out into the forest and just left them there. Oh, wow. That's just the sadder death. Like, die of starvation and Slowly die an agonizing death by starvation and thirst. Exactly. The twin boys roamed around looking for a way home, but they only got more and more lost. Finally, they met a hunter who asked who they were and where they were going. The twins explained that they were the sons of a broom maker who didn't want them at home anymore because every morning they found a gold piece under their pillows. And the hunter said, Wait, really? Uh-huh. The two boys nodded. Well, there doesn't seem to be too much harm in that. And the hunter invited the boys home with him and raised them as his own. The hunter took all the gold pieces and kept them in two equal bags, one for each boy. And he told them, Whenever you want them, they're yours. You know, it's very, the hunter is very kind. He, he has a lot of self-control. He, he can just steal everything. Could have been taking some of that money. He's a good guy. But it would be okay. It would be okay to steal the money? Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be okay, like, in, you know, yeah. like a right person's hands, but they would keep getting money under the pillow, so it would be okay. It would probably be okay. He's the, he's like the, almost the exact opposite of the, of his. Of the goldsmith. Yeah, almost exact opposite. He could teach a thing or two to that goldsmith. Totally. Yeah. Well, the boys grew up strong and lean and quick. One day, the hunter and the twins were out in the woods, and the hunter pointed at a gaggle of geese flying in a V formation in the sky. He said to one of the boys, Shoot down one goose from each corner. How many corners are there on a V? Three. Three. The boy raised his bow and... With three arrows, the three geese were down. Soon another gaggle of geese came flying by, this time in the shape of the number two. The hunter said to the other boy, Shoot down one goose from each corner. What? Do you know what a number two looks like? Well, no, yeah, but like, there's two. Wait, the no, there's three. Don't oh, one, and then you go here, two. <laughs> yeah, it's it was not a cursive two, I think, is right the point, right? It was not yeah, cursive. The boy raised his bow and... The three geese were down. The hunter congratulated the boys. Well done! You have passed your final test. You are now master hunters. Oh, yeah. 
That night, the boys huddled together and talked for a long time. Finally, they came to their foster father, the hunter, and said, We have decided. We will not touch another bite of food until you grant us a favor. Let us go out to the world and prove ourselves. Well, the hunter couldn't have been more proud. That is right and good. You have my blessing. Is the money still under their pillow? Every morning, yes. They said that they need to prove themselves, but prove what? That's a good point. Sometimes people say, I need to go out in the world and prove myself. Oh, what do you think that means? No, go ahead, you, go ahead. What does it mean? You're worthy in this world. Or like, do good things, I guess. Uh-huh, do good things that you're worthy in this world. Perhaps mm -hmm. they're planning to do something that shows that they're good hunters, like wrestle a bear. Uh-huh, yeah. The next morning, the hunter gave each brother as much of their money as they wanted to carry and said the rest would be waiting for them whenever they needed it. He also gave them a knife. He told them, This is a magic knife. If ever you two must part, thrust this knife into a tree. Then, if one of you comes back, you'll see how your brother is faring. The side facing the way he went will rust if he dies, but stay bright and clear if he is alive. The two brothers hugged their foster father and then set out into the world. They traveled for many days and came at last to a large forest. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like to laugh? Ah, uh, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you, and the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts. They ventured in and journeyed for many more days until their food supplies ran out. One brother said to the other brother, We must kill some game or we will starve. Just then, a hare came bounding by. The brothers raised their bows, but the hare cried out, Hunter, hunter, let me go, and two little babes I'll give to you. What kind of accent is that? <laughs> I don't know. Scottish? Yeah, maybe a little Scottish. I think it's a little maybe Scottish. Rumpelstiltskin. It's a Rumpelstiltskin accent. Yeah. The brothers lowered their bows, 
One said to the hare, Uh, you can talk? But the hare just scampered away and came back with two baby hares. The baby hares were so cute that the brothers could not bring themselves to kill them. Besides, they knew what it was to be given up by one's father. They took pity on the hares, pledged to raise them as their own, and set off again. They hadn't gone very far when they came across a fox. The brothers raised their bows, but the fox cried out, Hunter, hunter, let me go, and two little babes I'll give to you. The brothers lowered their bows. The fox scampered away and brought back two little foxes. Again, the twins hadn't the heart to kill them and decided the foxes could keep the hares company. And foxes, well, we all know, are great company for hares, right? No! The twins set off again. But they hadn't gone very far when they came across a wolf. How many times will this happen? The brothers raised their bows. But the wolf cried out, Hunter, hunter, let me go, and two little babes I'll give to you. So the brothers lowered their bows, and in exchange they got two baby wolves. The twins set off again, and they came across a bear. They raised their bows, but the bear cried out, Hunter, hunter, let me go, and two little babes I'll give to you. Now you're picking up the accent. So they got two baby bears too. Then the twins saw a lion. Seriously, when do lions even live in the same place as bears and wolves? Is it like a zoo? Never yeah, baby lion. They raised their bows. That's the same thing. <laughs> the lion said, Hunter, hunter, let me go. And two little babes I'll give to you. So they got two baby lions. <laughs> and they decided to stop trying to shoot things because they weren't running an animal daycare center for Pete's sake. <laughs> At last, they found their way out of that crazy forest. They wandered for a whole year until the animals were grown. It was hard enough for the brothers to find food for themselves. But finding enough food to feed two grown lions, two bears, two wolves, two foxes, and two hares was impossible. So they decided they had to split up. They divided the animals so each brother had one of each kind. Can I have two lions? I'll trade you my fox, said one brother. What? No, said the other brother. Then the two brothers thrust the magic knife into the trunk of a tree and embraced each other one last time. Then one brother went north and the other went south. Brother North walked. What? Brother North. He's the brother who went oh. north. Why is his name Brother oh. North? Because it's easy to call him that. I guess. Brother North walked with his lion, his bear, his wolf, his fox, and his hare until he came to a town that was all draped in black cloth. Brother North stepped into a tavern. He asked the tavern keeper, Why is this town all draped in black cloth? The tavern keeper replied, Because our king's only daughter must die tomorrow. Is she so very sick? Asked Brother North. The tavern keeper answered, She isn't sick at all, but still she must die. There is a dragon, you see, who lives atop that mountain yonder. Every year he returns and demands one maiden for his supper, or else he will lay the whole kingdom to waste with his fiery breath and terrible claws. We've given every girl up to him except for the king's daughter. We have no more maidens. Tomorrow the princess must die, or we all will. Hasn't anyone tried to kill the dragon? asked Brother North. The tavern keeper replied, Many brave knights have tried, for whoever kills the dragon will have the hand of the princess. But 
every one of those knights is now dead. I think he's going to kill him. That's too bad. Brother North said nothing more about it. But the next morning, he took his animals and climbed the dragon's mountain. At the top was a little church. He waited there. Soon, the princess arrived at the base of the mountain with her father, the king, all the courtiers, and the marshal, who was head of the royal guards. The princess bid her father farewell and climbed the dragon's mountain. The king and the courtiers could not bear to watch, and they returned to the castle. But the marshal's job was to stay and observe. When the princess reached the church, she found Brother North inside. At first, she was afraid of the lion, the bear, the wolf, the fox, and the hare. Well, not so much the hare. But Brother North assured her that he and his animals would do her no harm and that they would kill the dragon. He said, I am going to face the dragon. I'll be back. And he left her in the church. There was a great sound of thunder in the distance. The animals all pricked up their ears. Brother North said, Is that a storm? No, said the fox, who had the keenest ears of all. It is the dragon! Indeed, the dragon beat its huge wings and came into view. It had seven horrible heads and spouted fire and scales like iron shields. It saw Brother North and swooped down at him, huge teeth glittering in seven heads. Brother North quickly drew a bow and shot one head directly in the mouth. It began to choke, but six more set upon Brother North. The animals rushed in. The lion, the wolf, and the bear each grabbed a dragon head and tore at it with their claws and teeth. The fox was quick and wily and bit one of the dragon heads right under the chin, where the skin was soft, and cut the dragon's throat with its teeth. The hare jumped up and scratched out the eyes on another one of the dragon's heads. But there was one head left, and it came at Brother North from behind. Just then, the princess ran out of the church, holding a stone from the church floor. She smashed the stone down on the back of the dragon's final head, and the dragon fell down, dead. Brother North and the princess and all the animals celebrated together. Wait, so the princess was the one who finished killing the dragon, so she's going to have to marry herself. That's a really good point. Does the princess have to marry herself? I don't know. Then Brother North cut out the seven dragon tongues, and the princess gave him her kerchief to keep them in. The princess said, You know, you will be my husband, if you wish it. I do wish it, said Brother North, for the princess was very brave, and he admired her very much. And the princess, who admired Brother North as much as he admired her, wished it too. But first, let us rest a moment, for we are weary. And he and the princess lay down in the church to rest. Stay awake and keep watch, Brother North told the lion. But as soon as Brother North and the princess had fallen asleep, the lion turned to the bear. Stay awake and keep watch, he said. As soon as the lion had fallen asleep, the bear turned to the wolf. Stay awake and keep watch, he said. As soon as the bear had fallen asleep, the wolf turned to the fox. Stay awake and keep watch. As soon as the wolf had fallen asleep, the fox turned to the hare. Stay awake and keep watch. Well, the hare tried to stay awake. But it is very tiring for a little hare to scratch out a dragon's eyes. So he soon fell asleep, too. Uh Uh-oh. Down at the bottom of the mountain, the marshal had seen the dragon fall and not rise again. The marshal cautiously made his way up the mountain. There, he found the dead dragon. 
He went into the church and saw the animals and the princess and Brother North all asleep. Being a wicked, cowardly man, the marshal took his sword and cut off Brother North's head. What? Why? Yep. The marshal picked up the sleeping princess and carried her down the mountain. At the bottom, he roused her. She woke to find the marshal pointing a sword at her throat. I killed the dragon, said the marshal. The princess responded, No, you didn't. Brother North, his animals, and I killed the dragon. And if you say that again, said the marshal, I will kill you on the spot. Don't think I won't. So the princess had to agree. They went back to the castle. The king was overjoyed to see his daughter alive. The marshal announced, I killed the dragon. And now it is my right to marry the princess. Is this true? The king asked. The princess replied, He says it is, so it must be. And then she asked that they have a year and a day to prepare for such a grand wedding, for such a great hero as the marshal which pleased the marshal very much. So that is the end of part one of Two Brothers. And I think we might be out of time, and I'm not sure we can hear any more today. Next time, I'll tell the second part of Two Brothers, in which we find out what happened to the other brother, and the princess, and the marshal, and all the animals. It's going to be crazy. I can't wait. Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest is a Pinna original production, created, written, and narrated by me, Adam Gidwitz, author of A Tale Dark and Grim. Produced and edited by Ilana Milner. Casting and voice direction by Paula Gammon Wilson. Sound design and mixing by Beat Street NYC. Location recording by Jason Gambrell and Evan Viola. Characters voiced by Allison Lee Rosenfeld, Billy Bob Thompson, Sonofia Mitchell, David Wills, George Lambert, H.D. Quinn, Kaylin Lee Clinton, Kylie Claxton, Lori Himes, Mark Thompson, Marka Bartolo, and Tom Weiland. Special thanks to the staff and students at Brooklyn Friends School and Manhattan Country School. You guys are awesome. A lot of people remember what they dream about when they go to sleep. But what if you discovered you could move between the world of dreams and real life? That's the story of Dream Breachers, where Evan wakes up on his 12th birthday and realizes that something he dreamed about that night had actually happened. Dream Breachers is a high-stakes sci-fi mystery adventure. And with the help of his friends, a reappearing stranger, and a mysterious organization called the Dream Academy, Evan will discover what it means to be a Dream Breacher. If that sounds like a dream to you, you are in luck, my friend. You can listen to Dream Breachers now, wherever you get your podcasts.